Well, we're back, everybody. The pinning combination is getting ready for another uh, winter full uh, of high school and, and college wrestling and maybe even uh, uh, outside of those two rounds as well. Um, getting ready for a, a big winter season. Uh, I'm KJ Pilcher from the Gazette, along with uh, Dick Briggs. And your, your wrestling season has already started with... Uh, officiating at the middle school level so you're you're probably already in mid-season form right <laughs> well i hope so by now i have i have had 10 dates uh a few middle school and uh probably a little bit more um maybe six and four sort of thing with uh youth tournaments so i've been been around the state all the way over to, to mississippi twice and up to vinton and and uh places in between right? so i guess mississippi three times so uh, we're going to take a little bit of a different direction um, uh, for the start of this uh, uh, podcast. Uh, one of the reasons, as you can see, we're without our dear friend, uh, Wyatt Schultz, Grant Wyatt Schultz, um, who passed away uh, earlier this year, uh, a couple months ago. Um, something that uh, hit the wrestling community pretty hard. Um, I think it hit us pretty hard. Um, you know, obviously our our thoughts have been with uh, Kirsten and and the rest of his family. Um, but we wanted to take this time to to really give uh, a tribute to Wyatt um, as a friend, as a colleague, and just as a, a person in general. Um, I tell you. He's somebody that is missed, will be sorely missed as things progress. And, you know, Dick, uh, uh, I, I think one of the things he would, he would like for, you know, to share the stories that we remember and that uh, really bring a, a smile to our face, even though it, it's going to be a lot different, even weird, not having him a part of uh this weekly podcast with us right uh you know i've already missed him at those tournaments that i've been to he would have been there at, at a number of them uh one was up at uh, uh in dubuque at the five flag center and and uh you know i we've got a picture right here of wyatt and this is uh at the national qualifier for the d3 tournament and that's actually kyle that he's on the mat side of and and uh um just so that's this that's the, my memory of wyatt this is always there always in the on the on mat side with the camera in hand generally in a light blue shirt uh, his predicament shirt and uh mm -hmm. just doing his thing and and uh always with a smile on his face and and uh so yeah he he will be missing he already is missing and uh you know, again, you, you know, we're thinking a whole, whole lot about him and missing him here in, in our in our podcast, and and uh, he brought so much to it. But he, you know, he he didn't go, he didn't, you know, he he was a guy that wasn't looking for accolades, but received a ton. He had received in his lifetime a lot of awards and such, and uh, so I'm glad that that happened while he was still with us, and uh, he was able to enjoy those. Um, you know, he, he things that he brought with you know, to 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 wrestling, just 
briefly. I mean, a ton of things, but, but you know, with this predicament, a magazine and website that, as far as I know, I think there was only two, maybe it might've been the third owner in the, that was there briefly. Um, and uh, in the, in the about 50 year history of the magazine, I'm going to guess 50 years ago. I mean, it was around when I was a kid when the Siemens ran it from uh, Emmitsburg, I believe. And then, and then he bought it from them, but you know, with the, with the, the predicament, the things that Wyatt brought that we no longer have, and, and it, you know, we're kind of missing those already, like the rankings, preseason rankings. KJ, I bet you're missing those, um, you know, that he put together and his staff put together. Right. You know, it's interesting you kind of mentioned Michigan at the tournaments. One of the first things my wife asked me at the end of October when you and I, Iowa, had their media days, uh, when I came home, uh, from one of them, one of the first things she asked was, "How how how strange was it not having Wyatt there?" And you know, he's somebody that I rode to some of these things with. Uh, you know, always talked to during these things, and you know, it, it was it was strange just because he wasn't there. You know, and, and like you said. That, that smile that always accompanied him, it didn't matter whether it was media day, whether it was a tournament, whether it was a state tournament, uh, a weekly dual meet, that was genuine because he loved the sport and he loved the people that were dedicated to the sport. And, you know, that that's what made things uh, really special. And... I'm glad you mentioned the fact that, you know, he he wasn't one that uh, liked the – he didn't necessarily like the spotlight, right? He always he always liked being the one behind the camera, you know. But he was willing to do all those things that made him uncomfortable for the sport, you know. How many times if we got done with a podcast, he's like, oh, you know, I – I would mess that up or I was nervous or something. And it's like, Wyatt, you're fine. But he was just willing to do that stuff, even though, you know, he'd rather be behind the scenes. He'd rather be taking the pictures. He'd rather be compiling rankings for, you know, for people to discuss and and posting video and, and stuff. I remember when he first started doing video interviews on his own, he's like, I'm not, I'm not good at this. I just want to hold the camera. But, he did it anyway. It was one of those things where whatever it was for the sport that they needed, even if it was at great cost to him, he was willing to do it. And, you know, that was, that was pretty special. And it's not, it's not necessarily the motivation that a lot of people have, you know, um, but that was why. Yeah. I, and, you know, when he first started doing those videos, you're right. He was uncomfortable. He he asked me to critique him and, and uh, you know see if I could come up with some tips and that sort of thing, which I which I did, but it wasn't very much. He did a nice job and, and uh, you know just he kind of wanted feedback and was not willing not unwilling to to hear it and, and whether it was good or bad. So I mean that's why I, you know, and uh, I mean you know but you know other things that he brought with this predicament website uh, tournament youth tournament listings. You know that like I said, I've been to a lot of those and you can't. There's no place that I'm aware of yet to that's you know taken that over. Uh, the forum for the wrestling uh, to, to people to, to talk, 
at all levels, high school levels, middle school, freestyle, college, you know, all levels of college, uh, girls you know, wrestling. Um, so, you know, he had that, that forum to talk with. I was, um, he, he had dedicated a link to the Iowa Wrestling Coaches and Officials Association. Um, now they're having to put one together, so, you know, to, to have that. Um, the articles and photos that, hundreds and hundreds of photos that he took and, that, you know, dedicated to the Iowa high school wrestlers. Um, he, he did that in the academic all-state team. So who's yeah. going uh, his tournament, what, uh, what, what's the Iowa versus the U.S. USA high school? Uh, the dream team. He, he helped put together the dream team. Right. I mean, just so many things that he did and didn't do it for pay, didn't do it for accolades. He, he just did it because it was the betterment of keeping wrestling on the move. Right. And that that's, uh, it, it's funny you mentioned his tagline too, because that's, you know, that's really where I kind of started the, you know, I uh, mentioned, well, first, you know, um, got to give kudos to Andy Hamilton, um, you know, for uh, Wyatt's visitation. Um, he he edited uh, kind of a lot of memories and, and uh, uh, kind of reflections that a lot of people in the wrestling community had, coaches. Uh, media members that worked with and alongside him. Um, one of those, uh, uh, you know, stories I shared was the the first time I covered a, a wrestling event, with him. and it was the Five Seasons Duels at uh, when I was split between Cedar Rapids, Washington, and, and Kennedy. And for the I think it was towards the end of the semis or or the beginning of the finals, Apple Valley was there. Uh, you know, this guy with a camera was sitting on his butt in the corner of the mat with his feet crossed and just kind of holding his camera so. And, you know, I just sat down and started taking notes. And, you know, he's like, uh, where are you from? And like I said, I think this was 2002. Um, you know, we started talking like we were, like we had known each other for years. And, you know, I, I'd like to think that was a special moment, but you know what? It, it, it wasn't because why it was that way was just about every damn person he came across. It was special because it was Wyatt. Oh yeah, that, that's that's right. You know, and it, if it was, and it didn't have to be wrestling. Um, he was just open and liked to talk, and uh, you know, just enjoyed socializing with people. Um, I think that came out in his passion for the sport too, because he'd go all over keeping wrestling on the move. I mean, I remember getting in his van once in the first weekend, we'd go to West Delaware or independence to start out. And then we'd end up at Keith Young for the semis and, and finals on that same weekend. And that was, that was common for him. You know, uh, he was willing to do that. Put a lot of miles on those vans, man. <laughs> but that, and it was all for the wrestlers. You know, I, I even have to say with covering the sport of wrestling, which I love a lot, you know, sometimes, you know, I, 
I like hearing, hey, this was a good story, or I like seeing my byline associated with, you know, the sport and in print why it was <clears throat> it was all for the wrestlers. Yeah. It, it was all for the wrestlers, all for the sport. And I can't echo and, and hammer that point home enough. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and that's something that, uh, you know, it's going to leave a big, big hole uh, to fill. And, and that's for sure. Right. You know, oh, yeah. oh, sorry. Well, go ahead with your thought. Uh, I, I did. <laughs> it's, it's, I did attend the visitation on Friday night. It was hugely attended, as you, you might guess. And uh, it was a Friday night during football season. So a lot of the coaches that I think pulled double duty and coach or, or have some sort of a business being at the football games probably weren't able to show up then, but showed up on Saturday. So, you know, I've waited probably an hour to get to the family. And when I finally got to Kirsten, I, I, and I'm not ashamed to say it, I broke down. I just, it just, she's the one consoling me when you're supposed to be the one consoling her. And I was like, oh, geez, by the time I got over to Grant, I couldn't hardly talk, you know? So, you know, and uh, it was just, um, uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a neat, neat night because there were so many people that were, you know, went out of their way to honor Wyatt to, to and, and uh, anyway, um, one last photo. This was from, uh, from uh, another of our, I don't know if you can see a lot of reflection there, but there's another one of, of Wyatt and I, and uh, kind of proud of that picture. My wife took that one, so <laughs> that's typical smile there, isn't it? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, there's times when Wyatt, we had that kind of cat swallowed the canary kind of look, and that's it's right there. Oh. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, a couple uh things I wanted to share about him as well. You know, in, in 2009, I suffered uh, a staph infection and when diagnosed for a while. Uh, I got really sick. I was in the ICU for four days. Um, and it was kind of hairy there for a little bit. Um, but when I came to, the very first person that came to see me that wasn't a family member was Wyatt. And I remember him coming into the room, and the first thing he did was just give me a big, giant hug. Didn't really say anything, didn't need to say anything. Um, but it it was a kind of a comforting thing um it, it showed you know a lot of uh you know he didn't have to i mean he had come to find out at the time i think he had just lost a brother uh while i was in the icu so he had other things to deal with he had his own loss to 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 get through but yet he was the first one that wasn't a family member to come see me and make sure I was okay. And, you know, again, that was Wyatt. And the week I got out of the hospital, actually, Kirsten and, and him had my, you know, we had Keely and Katie were younger. So they had us over for, for dinner. 
Uh, Chris was under a lot of strain trying to take care of me at home. Uh, we had some family that helped with the daughters, um, you know, and she was uh, working, um, you know, full time, obviously. So they stepped in like many people do, but White and Kirsten, you know, has over for dinner and, and stuff like that to, to help take care of things. Uh, the other thing, too, and it used to irritate the bejesus out of me, no matter how early, usually when I get someplace, say be there at 1.30, if I'm there at 1.29.59, I'm on top. But why it would, if he wasn't 15 minutes early, or maybe even 30 minutes early, he was late. So I would end up going to these tournaments. And I try, I try like, I'm like, Chris, I'm going to beat him there. I'm going to beat him there. <laughs> so I get there beforehand sometimes, and he'd be there with his coffee and smiling. He'd walk by, he goes, you just get here? <laughs> Where have you been? And it's like, son of a gun. <laughs> but, you know, he was early to rise. He had a, if he had his coffee and, and everything, he was good to go. And, you know, that, that fueled him and. He always liked to kind of needle me that way. And then with his pens, uh, it was a, a long-running joke with his pens. Uh, yep, there you go. The first time he gave me one, it conked out like within minutes. So I always teased him about pens. And, of course, every time I saw him, hey, one pen, one pen. So, uh, no, those are fond memories of Wyatt. And uh, I tell you, I, I know it's going to hit again when – the prep stuff starts because, um, you know, I saw more during prep events than, than college stuff just because things are structured differently, you know, um, during the events. But I know uh, the following week when we're at West Delaware and Waverly Shell Rock and, and then Independence uh, on Saturday, which – I hope I'm not letting the cat out of the bag on this at all, but independence, he, Wyatt was a part of carrying out that tournament, the Cliff Keen tournament up there in independence. They are going to have awards in his honor uh, named after Wyatt. I think one of them might be for the MVP. One of them might be for uh, most falls and then one for the, wrestler that places highest above his seat, which I think is probably the most uh, that's probably the one that probably suits Wyatt because he always loved those those guys that work their butts off. You know, obviously, you know, you talk to the stars and, and stuff like that or the high achievers, but even those guys that, you know, say they were seated eighth and they finished third or something like that, those were guys that caught his attention and he had a lot of respect for. So I think that one's uh, very fitting uh, to have Wyatt's name on it. Right. And I think at that tournament, don't they seat all the way down to like 32nd or whatever? So it could be a 32nd going up to a 15th or something. So, and I believe that is the case because I talked to Michael Doyle at the Warburg meet last week and and uh, that's what he indicated to me as well, was that award, I think, was going to be, I don't know if that was 100% uh, sure, but 
That's what he did indicate. So that then that would be so appropriate for for life. Okay. okay. Any any final thoughts? Uh, uh, I probably should share one story. Um, uh, it's kind of fun. Uh, Jefferson, uh, when I was coaching there, we held a, an athletic auction, and my brother contributed a, a flight to Prairie du Chien, Wisconsin. My brother Don owns a, a Piper airplane, and so Wyatt purchased it the first year, and he invited me to go because he didn't know Don, and so he, you know, he knew me kind of to bridge the, the gap, which didn't, wouldn't take long with Wyatt anyway. But uh, so we went up and had dinner uh, at a steak place up there, and then on the way back, we he asked us to fly around his 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 uh, farm because he's from Postville area. So we went over and flew it, you know, put it on wingtip and flew it around. And Wyatt was uh, taking pictures and going, "This is where my brother and I did this and had fun." So the next year, uh, same thing. Only Wyatt purchases the purchases the flight and dinner, and uh, only this time, since I had gone last time, he invited John Haggerty. So it's John Haggerty, assistant coach at Jefferson for a long time, and then also my, my brother Don, of course. And, and Kirsten was there, so there's the four of them, and they're they're having dinner. And at at dinner, Wyatt says, "This is such a wonderful day, wonderful flight, great company." And he reaches in his pocket, pulls out a ring, and proposes to to Kirsten. <laughs> and uh, you know, it was, it was a touching moment. But my brother and John felt pretty much out of place, so they kind of excused themselves from the table and let him <laughs> settle it. And uh, I think they excused him before they actually heard whether Kirsten accepted or not. Of course, we all know what it's Right. Fun story for Wyatt. For sure. Um, and one other thing, too. It didn't matter what sport it was. I mean, wrestling obviously was his forte, but you'd see him at Kingston. Uh, I know he took a trip up to uh, MFL to watch uh, MFL Marmac and Edco uh, play football. Um, you team at track meets. I know baseball, he was helping Matt Shannon with baseball and softball. Um, so he, he was very dedicated to athletes of, uh, of all seasons as well. Um, you know, there's one other thing I was going to say, but I can't, I, I forgot. Oh, the podcast. I, I know we, we talked about this and I, I was very uncertain about whether or not the pinning combination should go on under that name because it had always, why it has always been a part of it with me since the beginning. And if he wasn't here, if that should be retired, you know, but I think, uh, and I know you felt this way that I think it would be more of a tribute that we continue this under, under the name that he, he kind of helped build and, and put together and promote it. So, we're going to stay the pinning combination, and a lot of that's in honor of Wyatt. Um, and he's still with us in spirit. So um, with that said, uh, you know, we've got uh, D1 action, uh, D2, D3, college action uh, across the board underway. And, you know, so far it's been a fun uh, a couple weekends to get things get things going right i guess we could probably start with that dual meet in iowa city huh sure. and uh, uh iowa versus princeton a couple of surprises there uh not in the good way really yeah right i, I guess the some of the takeaways we, we learned and pretty much had, a, had an idea that 
Iowa will probably not have their full lineup in at one time, maybe until the end of the season at tournament time. Uh, you know, they've just got some older wrestlers and some guys that are kind of beat up. Obviously, we know Spencer Lee had a knee issue the national tournament last year. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, that might be an issue. Um, but, you know, I think they're going to pick and choose as to when they're, they're going to put insert people into the lineup. Yeah, and I and obviously you saw that uh, the Saturday or last Saturday, as you, you mentioned, uh, you know we saw uh, Jesse Ibarra get a, a forfeit at 25. It sounds like he could be there now. Brands mentioned yesterday in the news conference, and I posted something here recently on thegazette.com that they they just don't have a timetable right now for when he will return. Very ambiguous and vague. You know, um, maybe it leaves some people guessing on whether or not, uh, you know, they'll see Lee in upcoming duels or whatever. But I, I think you're probably right. We might not see him till certainly after the new year, uh, I would guess, um, as he comes back. Even though media day, he said he was, you know, good. But, you know, what what else do you expect? I mean, that's just uh, what he's going to say uh, regardless. Uh, we saw Kobe Seabrecht at 149, who was very impressive. Uh, and we haven't seen Max Muir enlisted uh, yet. We also, uh, you know, Nelson Branch was at 174. He's down there after wrestling 184 last year. Miles Wilson stepped in um, at 184. Uh, and Ava Saad wrestled an extra match. Uh, and then Zach Glazier was in at 197. And, and Tom... Uh, Brand said that uh, uh, right now it's it's kind of 50-50 between Warner and Glazier uh, for Oregon State and 50-50 for Wilson Assad um, this Saturday as well. Kemmerer uh, reportedly is getting the nod um, right now, but of course that can change. We've seen some things change like that uh, over the course of a week and and stuff. But you're you're right, Dick. I mean. They have the depth to be able to do it. You've you've got guys, you know, if you look at Ironman, who was in the lineup, but Ironman and Kemmerer, who are seventh-year seniors, right now, internationally, they'd be competing internationally normally at this, at this age. And at that time, you're not making weight every week, and you're probably wrestling, you know, what? two, three, four times a year, maybe, um, depending on the, the year. So weird to say that mid-20s is kind of old, but it's something that most people their age aren't going through the rigors of weighing in every week, you know, and, and wrestling 30 times a year. Yeah. Um, I, I totally agree. I think that's – so I think they're exercising caution. I mean, you have to look at – number one goals with Lee the number one goal is get his fourth his fourth title I mean there's only been what have been five I'm thinking that right five uh four timers I think four he's the, fifth. he's the fifth isn't he and uh and so I mean that's an exclusive club and one that he wants to be a, a, a member of I'm sure and of course the coaches obviously want him and that's good for not only Spencer Lee but for the program as well so um and then you know, you know Kemmer again like you said older and, and Ironman and, uh, so their bodies are, they, they've got to kind of pick and choose, I think. But like you said, with the depth, that 
you know, I'm not so, you know, when Kemmerer gets back, if he's at 74, which I'm sure he will be, I'm not so sure you don't count Brands out at 84 as well with, with uh, Wilson and, and uh, Assad. And Wilson's right. no slouch, man. I got to know him last year. He wrestled Kyle in the, in the Greco and put a thumping on him. He's a, he's a physical kid. So. You know, um, it's interesting you, you mentioned that because uh, I did a little, little something. I, I guess I was kind of confused, but Brands almost jumped from 65 to 84 pretty much. He, he mentioned he'd wrestled more matches at 65 and 84 than he ever has at 74. And uh, he admitted that 74 would be his preferred choice. But, you know, uh, essentially it's, you know, I'm going to do whatever they tell me to do, you know. Um, and I asked him about uh, uh, later on the season and he said, trying to trying to find the direct quote here um, that Nelson mentioned about uh, I'll know on a weekly basis probably I have no idea right now right now I'm going 74 and probably going to the cyclone open that would be for this weekend since Kimmer is probably getting nod he goes uh, that's about all I know uh, he did mention that uh, you know, uh, if, if it's what I'm told to do, um, that's what I'm going to do. So uh, I also thought that, too, that, you know, he still isn't out of um, out of the picture there to move up in, in Wrestle 84. So, and that's kind of the beauty of this is that with these wrestlers getting a, an extra year, a bonus year, they – the wrestlers that that works for the guys that are getting the bonus year, but then the people below them, you know, their spot doesn't open up, you know. So by 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 being able to do this, the brands coach brands will be able to insert different people into the lineup and and get them experience and get them into the lineup. They won't be able to wrestle in the tournament, obviously, you know, at the end of the year. But but uh, so that's a good way to keep everyone involved and keep everyone you know moving forward. So. That's the ups, the plus side of it, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And especially like Jesse Ibarra, uh, you know, you're getting a few opportunities here, you know, you take advantage and capitalize on every one instead of going to open tournaments and just, you know, wrestling some other competition um, because Spencer Lee's, you know, ahead of you. Here you're getting – chances and and opportunities and you know it didn't turn out that way last saturday obviously because of uh pat glory not making weight or what have you with that whole situation um you know uh but you know i think that'll it'll be good there'll be good experiences and a chance to compete for him and zach glazier um, you know, that, that normally wouldn't get, you know, Kobe Seabrecht or, or, you know, whether it's Vince Turker, Brett, uh, Brett of Reina, but, uh, Seabrecht looked really good, yeah. uh, you know, against Princeton. Um, we probably should address the elephant in the room though. Uh, pretty anticlimactic, uh, end to the duel, uh, you know, Tony Cassiope. Um, 
coming off his uh, U23 world title, which is a heck of an accomplishment going over there. Um, oh, I can't remember uh, where it was overseas. Um, but uh, he was able to, to win gold. Um, Miles Wilson wrestled over there as well. Uh, I think maybe uh, did not did not medal, but might have gotten fifth. But I can't remember for sure. But anyway, uh, Jack Del Garbino uh, with a big upset, uh, kind of rolling Cassiope through on on a turn and catching him on the edge of the mat and putting him down for a fall. Yeah. So my question is, you know, with the, with the body change that Cassiope has done over the, over the year, do you think that that is a factor wrestling these big guys and he, he, you know, something that he might've been able to do carrying extra weight. And now he's, you know, he's not, it's a different body type almost. Um, do you, you suppose that could be a factor? Or is he, you know, did that, he high offer? I don't know. That that could be because you know you 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 know when you, you save your hips down and and have that extra weight, um, you know it's tougher to get rolled through, especially that situation. It was really kind of awkward because he he came through the the crotch there. Almost remind me a little bit of Ben Shane. Uh, when he wrestled for Warburg, he had a little move like that uh, that would catch people. But, you know, one of the things, especially with, uh, you know, Tom Brand saying it probably had a lot more to do with awareness that he, he may have thought, hey, I'm just going to, you know, route this guy and, and dominate him and uh, Brands had mentioned that he had read stuff about uh, Del Garbino, um, and you know uh, he said the article had a lot to do with the way Del Garbino had found success with the Japanese Wizards. So he was somebody that you know kind of liked those unorthodox throws, um, and he mentioned that uh, the standing switch that he hit when. Cassiope was going for his first takedown and that showed that, you know, I think in Tom Brand speak, it was, you don't have them until you have it. Right. That, uh, you know, maybe he kind of thought, Oh, uh, you know, he's going over, I'm going to end this. And wasn't, maybe didn't respect the, you know, what Del Garbino could kind of throw at him and, and caught him. But so I, I mean, he'll be fine. Obviously, that is a setback. But but uh, I mean, Cassiope's he's just going to have to. You know, he's got a different style of wrestling now. He's going to be more, you know more stealth and you know, quicker, I'm sure, and and uh, maybe not quite as powerful, uh, or maybe is. I don't know. But we'll see. But uh, it'll it's a change. So we'll have to you know kind of accept that. Anyway, a couple of other things at the meet. Obviously, uh, I'm not sure if. Everyone remembers that Princeton didn't wrestle last year. So this is their first meet since it's been two seasons. So probably 2000, the end of the season in 1920, right? So, um, you know, so that, they were probably pretty anxious and hungry to get, get on the mat and, and uh, you know, did a nice job. Uh, you know, Young's, I, the second thing that kind of surprised me was, was the margin of defeat. It did and it didn't. 
in uh, in Young's match. Uh, but you know, you know, you think about it. That's that's a pretty high pedigree family that that uh, that Prince and Russell comes from. Uh, Monday, mm-hmm. Dad's a Olympic champion, so um, I guess we're surprised, but not surprised. Maybe I don't know. This yeah, one. and I almost want to say, uh, let me see if I can find it here. I almost want to say that Twenty Monday may have beaten them two years ago. I think you're right. Here as well, yeah. but I'll see if I can find it here. I know this is great. Uh, yeah, uh, Monday beat them three to two um, in the 2019-2020 season. So that. Uh, you know, that was a little bit closer, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it, yeah, it's not not necessarily surprising, but the fact that he gave up three takedowns. And I know Monday's very, very skilled and, and very good, but, um, you know, for an All-American, you got to be a lot stingier than that. I, I know there is a, I think there was a situation early on where, Young was in on the shot, wasn't able to finish. If he was able to get that too, maybe things would be different. But I tell you what, Monday looked a lot quicker, just a lot, uh, just a lot better overall. More athletic, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, AJ, what did you think of the uh, the results at the South Dakota State tournament? Dactronics, I think it was. Yeah, the Dactronics Open. Very, very impressed by Iowa State. Uh, and what they were able to do there. Uh, four champions. Uh, the one that stands out, obviously, David Carr, you know, um, he wrestled well um, and beat Peyton Robb in sudden victory. But uh, Peyton Robb also beat Austin O'Connor earlier, uh, North Carolina's national champ that moved up from 49 to 57. So that's still that's a quality win. But Tyson Tarakina. He has been uh, very impressive here, winning titles at Grandview and South Dakota State. Uh, beat a teammate, uh, Bam Bam, uh, another uh, wrestler from Hawaii there at 125, who beat Brody Teske in the semis. Um, so Tyson Tirakina, very impressive. And it was good to see Jared Dagan get out, out to a good start uh, as well. He won at 149 and then... Uh, uh, Zach Redding won at 41. The other one that I, I mentioned really quick that impressed me was Marcus Coleman uh, at 184. He was a runner-up to Parker Keckeisen, but he had a big win over Taylor Benz in the semis uh, that I think uh, is a good sign for um, Iowa State. Yeah, I didn't see the, the uh, match or anything like that, but I, I saw a picture of Coleman. He looks filled out and looks solid. More so than he has been, so I think he's going to fit well at 84. We'll see. But. Yeah, and it was an 84 decision uh, with Kekheisen, who uh, who was impressive in his own right. Um, you know, coming away, he's really picked up where he left off last uh, last season when he got third at the NCAAs. But um, you know, uh, to get that win over Vince, who's you know that that's a that's a big win for Coleman, and to be that close with Kekheisen. Uh, I, I think really bodes well. So I, I think this earth, a lot of a lot of promise, a lot of potential. Uh, uh, 
I think, being showed by Iowa State here early on. Right. Yeah, and then uh, with Kikaisen, he's he's a fun, aggressive kid. He's a lot. I like watching him wrestle. He's always on the offense and and uh, really attacking on his feet. And he gets in on if he gets your leg, he's going to have a good chance of finishing it. So um, very strong and powerful and has good position. So that was good for you and I. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, even though Kekaisen was their only finalist, they still had a handful of guys get third. Uh, mentioned Teske. Um, he bounced back. Um, I think Austin, the, Austin the was also, so. What was that? Austin Yant was second also. Oh, okay. I missed that. Yeah. Uh, the lone champ. Lone champ. But, uh, yeah, uh, Yant uh, second at uh, 174. And then you had uh, Teske, Biscaglia, and then Kale Happel uh, from yeah. Lisbon got third uh, at 41. And then uh, Kate Lara at 57 um, got third as well. So I, I, I think pretty that, – that's a good tournament. Um, and I think two pretty good uh, showings there by Iowa State and, and you and I. Well, the thing I like about it is it's a D1 tournament for the most part. I think uh, St. Cloud State was there also. But for the most part, oh. it's a D1 school. Whereas I, I, don't, I don't know necessarily understand why this happens, but Iowa sent – you know, two weeks ago to up to Luther, which is, they were the only D1 school there. And, uh, you know, I, you know, they walked away with, oh, I think eight champs, was it, or something like that. And, and maybe seven or eight. And, and uh, anyway, um, but, you know, they, they get their first, first competition under their belt. And, and uh, so, um, actually it was, uh, they had uh, seven champs in the elite division, Iowa did. And they took 21 wrestlers up there. Uh, Yabara, DeSanto, Ironman, Seabreck. Seabreck, what a cl- weight class that was. The top three were the Iowa kids. Yeah. Reina and then uh, Turk was third. And then Young won it, Marinelli won it, Blazier won it, and uh, yeah. And Marinelli had to uh, score late to beat Patrick Kennedy. Um, you right. know, somebody, somebody that you're going to – know really well in that uh, Iowa lineup in the future, but uh, he had to score late for two to win three to two, I believe. Right, that was three to two. And I, I guess Glazier won over medical forfeit over Warner, so I both uh, through in the finals. <laughs> right. So, um, well, I, as we mentioned, Iowa has uh, Oregon State this uh, this weekend. Um, Iowa State will host uh, the Cyclone Open. Um, is it no longer called the Harold Nichols Open, or no? It's it's called the Harold Nichols Open still. Okay. It depends on which website you look on, but <laughs> I, I, Iowa State has it as Harold Nichols, and and on uh, track wrestling, it's Harold Nichols. So, gotcha. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so that'll be Sunday. Uh, Saturday, uh, the varsity will host uh, Army and California Baptist, uh, their names. So uh, that's what they have uh, next on their plate, that double duel on Saturday. But um, not too far away, KJ, not too far away. December 5th is the Iowa-Iowa State meet. So what is that, 10 days or whatever? Yeah. Something like that. Yep. So- you know, it's it's there. It's not too far away. So get ready for it, fans. 
Yeah, and that's uh, uh, that'll that'll be interesting because you know Iowa State had some success here um, to start out. You don't know what kind of lineup you're going to get from from Iowa. Uh, that could be uh, extremely interesting. Yeah. We'll talk about that probably next week a little bit, but just yeah. wanted to put that out there. It's it's there, so. It, we're hot and heavy into it pretty soon. So, so we discussed the uh, D1 results and some of the upcoming uh, things for uh, schools here uh, over the holiday weekend. Um, some other big news uh, at the D1 level. Um, something that, that happened uh, earlier. Iowa announced they were going to uh, that they're starting up. Uh, the first Power Five uh, D1 wrestling program. Uh, and now they have a head coach. Clarissa Chun uh, was announced last Thursday as uh, uh, the head wrestling coach for the Iowa women's program. Uh, she made an appearance at the uh, Iowa Princeton duel and received a huge ovation. Uh, same thing occurred at uh, Iowa's uh, football game against Illinois at Stadium on Saturday. Um, Coach, uh, uh, she kind of checked all the boxes as far as uh, uh, a hire for this post. You know, I, I was uh, looking at her accolades, and you know, I, I knew her as a wrestler, but you know, you don't, you know, as she's accumulating them, you don't realize to what extent she has quite a record. And honestly, I, I don't know that there was a better candidate out there. Um, first of all, I think it was important personally. This is my own opinion that they hired a woman for this program or for this yeah to head this program um i just think that sends such a great message and and, and really i don't know if there was a better choice out there in looking at her accolades uh, she's a the first hawaii state champ in 1998 hawaii has had girls wrestling as the first year of, of girls wrestling obviously she was at the lightest weight uh, to be able to be the first and uh so They've had it since 1998. That's 24 years ago. Iowa still doesn't have it. I mean, I think we're on the cusp of getting it real soon, but that, that was a shocker to me. 1998, Hawaii's had it since then. Um, she then went to, to Missouri Valley for, to college. That was the first girls program, in, the you know, first college to have a girls program. So lots of firsts in her respect. She's been on two Olympic teams in 08 and, and 12. Um, she's a four-time U.S. Open champ, and she is a five-time uh, a, a world member and was a 2008 world champ as well. Um, so, I mean, she's – not only that, she was the assistant coach for the U.S. team, and the U.S. team uh, at the cadet and junior level won the world, and they had 12 world medalists. So who better to recruit some of those – world medalist at that young age she I mean she's got a wonderful recruiting pool to bring those fabulous wrestlers to iowa and i'm not going to be ashamed to say this i gotta tell you i enjoyed watching the women wrestle at the olympic level more than i enjoyed the men and i of course you enjoy the men but they're out there and they're getting after it and they, they're not afraid to sit on a on a lead you know and and uh, they made some they're fun to watch wrestle so i'm excited for, for this to happen yeah i I really remember her from the 2012 Olympic trials in Iowa City, where she uh, earned the spot uh, uh, to go to London. Um, 
I remember her personality and the way she wrestled. She ended up getting bronze uh, that year. But she really does have kind of a, oh, just kind of this humility to her that, you know, it, it, there, there's a combination of, of humility and, and kind of hunger and competitiveness. Uh, that she has. One of the things that stood out um, listening to Gary Barda and Barbara Burke uh, talk about hiring her was her passion for the sport. And not just that, but her willingness to, to kind of help it grow. And that's what they're kind of looking at here. Um, you know, she's going to be leading this program and they also expect her to be an ambassador to, uh, to kind of help grow the sport. So, uh, that really stands out. But like you said, you know, I don't know if there is anybody that could have fit this bill more than than her. Because to to start this program off, you needed a few things. You needed what you needed. You needed somebody that was accomplished and, and knows what they're doing. Uh, you need somebody with experience. You know, um, obviously her resume speaks for itself, but in addition to her as a competitor, you know, she was on Sammy Henson's uh, staff at West Virginia. Um, and I think she helped run their RTC there um, as well. So she has this D1 experience, even though it's on the men's side. And of course, her time with Terry Steiner, um, you know, uh, with USA Wrestling. So you have all those names, and then you needed a name that would make a splash. And you mentioned all her firsts. You know, she was part of that wave in, you know, the 2000s, and, you know, that just kind of transferred into the, the teens of this new wave of, of female wrestlers uh, that were coming through that, you know, they weren't just women who were wrestling. These were women wrestlers, right? A little bit of a difference. And she was a part of that wave. So, you know, you have an accomplished wrestler. You have somebody with wrestling uh, coaching experience, especially at the high level. And then you have a name that a lot of people know, a lot of people respect. Um, and it just it hits on all levels that this was the, the right hire. Right, and and you speak of that wave when she's uh, won that state title in in uh, 1998. There were 2,000 girls that wrestled in the U.S. In wow. Two, in 2019, there's 21,000. 2,000 to 20, 21,000, and that's just going to grow even more now. I mean, it, you can see it already is, and and so that wave you're talking about, she was really at the front of that, and and still is, and and uh, it sounds like she's really excited to be here, and and. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a a city and a state that loves wrestling, and it's a good fit. Uh, it, it was neat to see the the uh, uh, receptions that she got at the during the intermission of the wrestling duel. Um, same thing uh, at Kinnick during the uh, the first quarter of that game during one of the media timeouts. The the only Thing I wonder now she she's wrestled in Iowa City she's been around Iowa City 
Obviously, uh, I think she has a good relationship with the Brands Brothers. And obviously, uh, I'm sure Terry Steiner, you know, uh, provided some uh, uh, advice. But wonder if you'll get the same type of fan reactions with the women's program, more notably the the high standards and you know sometimes Iowa fans can be critical um, <laughs> to say the least. You know if, if she you know if she'll get that same type of reaction from Iowa fans if they have the same type of expectations from her as they would on the men's side and, and how she handles that. Yeah. We'll have a little bit of time to, to wait because the right. season True. doesn't start until the 23-24 season. Uh, although, the, you know, she can recruit athletes in next year and they can wrestle in open tournaments and such. But, but right. uh, um, so that, you know, I, it's going to be fun to watch her build it. And I think Iowa fans understand what's going on here and the big picture. They're pretty smart. Uh, so, yeah, no, you know, you, but you're right. They are critical. And that's a good thing. It keeps everyone on their toes. It's, it's what keeps the brands going and company and, you know, and the appearances and the, you know, all the biggest part, you know, so, um, you know, the, the upside, I guess, of this is what it's going to do for wrestling, uh, girls wrestling in the state of Iowa. And I guess maybe I transition that into one of the, one of the tournaments that I officiated earlier this year was the, uh, it's, it's called the, the conflict for charity. It's held at the, the Green State uh, you know, Family Fieldhouse, I think it's called. And uh, it's right next to the, the Extreme Green Arena. Area. And a uh, beautiful facility. They had 10 mats in there. They had, uh, and, and, and Charlotte Bailey is is, uh, is kind of the director of that tournament and, and has, has been a, I'm going to call her a pioneer and the leader of, the, of girls wrestling in, in the state. Oh, very much. And, uh, you know, her daughter Jasmine wrestled at Iowa, Iowa City West. And matter of fact, Kyle and she wrestled one time. And um, um, so, uh, and Jasmine was down at that tournament working. And it's just a, a real, I think there's a, a, a group, I, I guess I know there's a group that that uh, is, you know, kind of uh, runs that. I think it's called Female Elite Wrestling or maybe their club, or I'm not sure on that. But anyway, um, so this is, they've done it for three years. And this year, they had a hundred and let's see, I'm gonna pull some numbers out. I got right here. They had uh, 302 wrestlers from seven states. One of them was from Texas, who, by the way, I believe won it. And eight teams were from Iowa, so that's really good. Uh, so they had 14 teams at the at the high school level and 11 youth teams that wow. competed in a, in a dual tournament, and that's a. a, a this is they started in 16 though in 19 in 2020 they um uh, it was it was uh, canceled because of, of covid so this is their third year in existence of this tournament the other thing that's neat about this is it's a it's a uh, a fundraiser so they're going to contribute $2,500 this year to the giving tuesday and then that'll bring their three-year total of donations to 12,500 wow on top of promoting the girls and, and all the girls that are wrestling and, and it was fun to watch them. it was very competitive so um a good tournament um so kudos to charlotte bailey and her and her group down there 
for promoting it. And, and I, I know there's a lot of movement at the girls' union, and maybe KJ, you have some insight on that um, as to what's going on. Well, I, I know uh, one of their latest tires was somebody that uh, was going to focus uh, uh, on on that aspect and, and getting things flowing. Um, it sounds like they have passed the, the threshold um, that was asked as far as the percentage and the, the number of teams um, to begin uh, that process of, of sanctioning. So it's something that has now become closer and closer to, to, to a reality. Um, so it's, it's looming now, and, and I think we're closer than ever to have that. And I think, I think the, the decision in Iowa City helped accelerate that a little bit, uh, you know, because you, you have this, you know, this historic decision in the first power five school in the state that high school hasn't even sanctioned yet. And, and I think that uh, maybe not directly uh, influenced some things, but I think maybe there is an impression that maybe a school that was on the verge of supporting it decided, okay, let's, let's do it now. And then that climbed those numbers up to where the union said, okay, this is what we had told you before. And, you know. Well, in my opinion, it was almost a little bit of egg on your face when Iowa hired Chun in, in the state of Iowa, uh, did not have a girls' high school program. So, you know, it's kind of like, true. Well, what you in the state of Iowa, girls' union. So, uh, and, and I know the hire, uh, I can't remember, her name escapes me right now. Um, she's from Panora, and, um, and her husband is the coach there. And, and uh, anyway, so it's a good hire, I think, at the union. So hopefully things will get going. And I think we're probably maybe one, two years out there as well from sanctioning. Right, but I, but I think we're we're getting to the point that it's like the process is beginning, um, as as far as that goes. It seemed like it was uh, kind of a wish uh, a little bit, but now we're seeing um, this actually being a a tangible, real right. Some of the obstacles that have to be overcome, you know, if they're going to have a program, do they hire a coach? And if they do, that's another expense for the, for the school. Uh, logistics of, you know, when and where to practice and those type, sorts of things. Uh, you know, those are not things that can, I mean, those are things that can be overcome uh, and should be. And uh, so it's exciting. Hopefully these, and obviously you need to have the numbers and, and, and recruit the, the interest. So those are things that, are, are ongoing with with the boys as well so uh the uh the associate director that was recently hired was uh aaron curtly um yeah. Yeah. yeah so um yeah so she's uh uh she was a member of the iowa athletic directors association executive board and uh, current uh, first vice president of the organization um, as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, her impact and uh, 
her contributions go. Um, I think that the intent is to watch and see how the IWCOA runs the, the tournament, the, the state tournament. I'm thinking, why haven't they already been doing that? <laughs> they right. Do so, but that's me. <laughs> I'm anxious and wanted to get going. No, well, for sure. I'm right there with you. Um, so uh, uh, let's touch on, uh, you know, uh, Division Two, II, Division Three uh, are in action as well. Uh, they've been going uh, a couple of weeks. What are what are some of the uh, what are some of the things that have kind of caught your attention here um, from the get go? Well, first of all, I was looking at the teams before we get into the competition and, and as to who is coming back, the teams that are in our area. Like for instance, I'll just start at the top. Warburg, who who is the leader in the, the NWCA tournament, they didn't keep score, but was the unofficial winner. Uh, they bring everyone back, so they've got you know, two champs, uh, four runners up, a third and a and a sixth that were all Americans down there. Um, Loris Loris brings two champs and a third, two fourths, and a sixth and two sevenths. So a, a lot of medals there. Co brings back. Uh, two champs. I don't know if the, I think I'll actually, three champs, sorry, both the Hendersons and Frittle, and then Gerke is not, not coming back. So that's the one that graduated. And then they also have, uh, um, so they have two champs, uh, Henderson and Frittle, and then uh, Brady Henderson was a runner up. And then they also had uh, a third, a fifth, a sixth, and two eights coming back. Um, Cornell had a couple of medalists as well. That are, that are back. Um, and Luther had three medals, Central had two. So it's going to be fun to watch the, the D3 level. Yeah, we've already seen that uh, kind of come to play already. I know uh, Co had a few champions at uh, Luther that, uh, that opening weekend. Um, they hosted their own tournament uh, this last Saturday, uh, I think they had four champs there as well. Um, a couple uh, Eastern Iowa kids, uh, Will Esmoyle uh, and Jared Voss, uh, both won titles. Uh, the one that really stands out to me so far early on, uh, Caleb Reeves, um, heavyweight for Cole. Uh, he's 9-0 and with nine falls. Now, I think everybody... Most people know his Greco background, and it serves him well uh, there, which leads to a lot of pins. But, uh, you know, he's been pretty dominant here um, so far. I think he's climbed to second in the national rankings. Right. I was looking yesterday at one of the sets of rankings that was – and it had it listed by, um, by uh, regionals. And the regional that is the national qualifier – is called that that our, our Iowa schools go to is the lower mid uh, uh, lower mid Midwest. Mm -hmm. but, uh, anyway, and uh, and and so I was looking at nearly every weight class. There were four in the top ten, and most of them were in the top seven. In some cases, even higher. And three qualified in that that regional. Our area is so rich in wrestling. We're going to leave. We're going to leave national medalists, all Americans, behind that won't get to qualify. It's just crazy. So, um, yeah, and and that's gonna that's gonna hurt. They kind of cannibalize each other. Of course, uh, the national tournament is slated for uh, 
Cedar Rapids um, in March. So there's going to be a lot of uh, great wrestling here. But like you said, there are going to be some uh, All-American caliber competitors that, uh, you know, their last their last showing is going to be at the Butte. Yeah, sadly, because they could do some damage at the national tournament if they could even get there. So, right. But um, a couple other tournaments uh, co- uh, besides the co-invitational uh, that were D three level and D two level in one case. The Augie Open had had uh, um, D- Division two and Division three wrestlers uh, teams there. Upper Iowa was there for for Division two, and then I believe. Uh, Minnesota, Mankato, was there, but they also Division Three, real good teams. Obviously, Augsburg, uh, Lacrosse was there. I think uh, Park. Uh, I'm not sure who some of the others there, but very good, very good quality competition there. Um, Upper Iowa came away with with uh, um, eight medalists at that tournament, and mm-hmm. they took, and they took 21 wrestlers there. So they got a lot of competition going on there. I guess they had nine medalists. And then um, um, Luther took 31 wrestlers. Upper Iowa took 24 wrestlers and had 10 place in the gold division, two champs and two runners up. So they they showed well up there in that tournament. Um, um, Connor Manderfeld and Eric Fott were, were champions. So Andrew Lick and Lindsman were runners up. So um, Upper Iowa had a good showing there. Um, and at that, that uh, Concordia tournament, uh, Loris really shined. Holy cow, they had a great tournament. They had four champions. And uh, that's a tough tournament. I think there's, um, I, I, if I remember right, 20 teams there, maybe, uh, yeah, I think around 20 teams, and, and they really showed well. Um, they had four champs, like I said, uh, and, a, and a runner up, and, a, and then Shrop from Williamsburg was fourth. Uh, Bubba, Jalen, Shrop. Anyway, yep. and then, um, so good showing for for Loris. Wartburg was also up there. It took twenty one wrestlers. Loris took thirty two, by the way. Wartburg uh, had ten medalists, and then uh, one of the, the champ was Mulder, and then two runners up, so two fours. So. And I want to say Shane Lagel from Loris was uh, the American Rivers Conference Athlete of the Week with his uh, performance up there. So that, that is correct. Uh, Zane Mulder was a Division Three. I guess that might have been last week. Uh, Division th- uh, D3.com National Wrestler of the Week. Uh, really? Uh, yeah, another nice accomplishment to do that. Okay. So things are getting busy, and of course, you know the American Rivers Conference is going to be uh, a fun battle with those top ten teams. Um, that you mentioned, uh, Warburg, Loris, Cole, you know, Central, uh, Cornell, Luther. not large, but, but sorry, yeah, but it's the lower region, I yeah, so should be fun here with the all the action, all the action going on, and you know, we have to watch out for Upper Iowa as well because, uh, I I think they're going to have one of their strongest teams to date. They're under Coach Grimm when they get all their pieces put together. I think they're currently ranked ninth in one of the polls that I saw. So they're a top ten for sure. So, 
any any parting thoughts or anything that we didn't uh, hit on? Um, I might mention uh, local uh, wrestler Ben Saracen from Kennedy, who wrestles for Chicago, won the co-op. Sure, and that reminds me too. Uh, kind of seeing some. Uh, Want to look this up here really, really quick. Speaking of Iowa uh, wrestlers, because uh, I think Boone McDermott, um, I think has stepped in at Rutgers. Um, and he's done some uh, some pretty good things here early on. Um, I want to say he might have sealed a victory uh, in one of their duels wrestling. Uh, Had a nice throw to the back for a pin, if I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, trying to – might have been – maybe he was just to cap things off because Rutgers has been on a, a roll here. Here and they really haven't been uh, tested yet. So um, right now, looking up uh, where he's at. McDermott's a former Wallert wrestler. Yeah, good wrestler. Uh, 4-0 right now. He scored 21 uh, dual points uh, for them, and he's got uh, two falls. Um, in those four wins, so uh, he's done some good things uh, there in New Jersey for for Rutgers. Like you said, the former Waller uh, wrestler that went to Iowa Central and now at the uh, at Rutgers. So thanks for him. Always pleasant to talk with him. I, he was at the Jayhawk Invitational for you know through his high school years, and then I talked to him out at uh, BV actually at the BV Invitational. They wrestled there, and work happened to be there, and then so I'm glad to see him doing well out there. He's a nice kid. coming up here next week and uh you know we'll get the action next wednesday we'll we'll kind of give a look into uh what teams individuals that we're looking forward to and and maybe even delve into uh the number of girls teams that have popped up because i know city high bentdorf uh are among those teams and and we might actually even get a call uh uh female duel for kcrg 9.2 here um during this season keeping our fingers crossed yep so uh we look forward thanks for tuning in uh hope you uh stick with us the rest of the season uh coach Briggs, thank you as always uh look forward to talking to you next week as well and uh do you want to give that famous tagline that uh, we've thrown no. across? Let's do it as a tribute to Wyatt this this show. As as uh, always, let's keep wrestling on the move. Thanks for watching, everybody. <laughs>